young entrepreneurs and savvy parents. On this podcast, we are unlocking the secrets to financial success and empowering young minds through financial education, personal development, and entrepreneurship. We're here to provide practical tips and guidance on raising unstoppable and money-savvy kids. We'll explore inspiring stories from young trailblazers and interview successful entrepreneurs so your kids won't inherit your financial history. It's never too late to learn about money and build the life most adults only dream of. From managing your birthday money to starting your own community-based business or even launching an online business, we've got you covered. I started my first business at the age of six and a half. I've been a lifelong entrepreneur ever since. So buckle up and join us on this thrilling adventure that will empower you and your kids to achieve unstoppable greatness and generational wealth. I'm your host, Barb V, and this is the Kid Factor Podcast. Hey, Kid Factor, I am so excited for this episode. I have an amazing individual with us who is a person who owns her own business, has been in her own business for over 32 years, and she has a background in biology. She does lots of continuing education. And today she focuses on the importance of skin and skincare. I want everybody to welcome an amazing, incredible businesswoman, Valerie Dusing. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Barb, for inviting me on. I'm excited to chat with you today. Oh, are you ready to get started? Because I know you've got some incredible history of experience that our listeners are going to resonate with. And you, I know you've got some mic drop moments. So those of you listening, those of you watching, make sure you grab paper, pencil, something to take notes because we're about to get started. Valerie, are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's deep dive right in. Knowing everything that you know today, what would you go back and ask your eight-year-old self or tell your eight-year-old self about money, business, entrepreneurship, and personal development? Okay. It's a really loaded question. I just want to say that up front. That's fine. If I was going to give financial advice or wisdom to my eight-year-old self, I would focus on keeping it simple and um, foundational in the concepts so that you can have a strong financial foundation for your future. So I would, one of the first things I would remind myself is the difference between wants and needs. Ooh. So do you want this or do you need this? And there is a big difference. So um, you want to always make sure that you fulfill your needs first before your wants. Um, and then that leads right into gratification. Sometimes when we buy things and we buy them right away, we aren't truly as grateful for them. You know, you you bought that game or or that book. And once you've played it and it's it, the shine is off. So maybe 
that big ticket item, save up for it, work for it, put that money aside because you will, it'll mean more to you and you will feel more grateful because you worked so hard to get it and didn't just rush out or borrow money from someone to buy it and then have to pay them back. Which leads into another thing. Don't borrow money. Okay. Don't borrow money. Earn that money. There are so many things you can do um, if you're in a position where your parents, where you can do chores and get paid by your parents, great. But there comes a time, even in childhood, where you can go and earn money babysitting, pulling weeds for a neighbor, mowing lawns for a neighbor. So many tasks that you don't think about that other people don't have the time or the energy, or maybe they're in a position where they just can't do it anymore. Offer your services um, so that you can do that. And in doing so, you've created your own little nest egg. So you can divide your money up, be it in a savings account for long-term growth. um, And then maybe take a certain amount and put it aside for spending, like going to a movie or buying that favorite pair of shoes you've been saving up for or something. But Don't put all your cash in one spot. That's what I would tell myself. Spread it around a little bit. It sounds Um, like you learned the hard way. I did learn the hard way. I'm telling you everything I wish someone had told me. Um, And also listen to trusted adults. People that, whether it's your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your grandmother, um, Ask them for advice, but listen to the advice. Take everything with a grain of salt, they like to say. What that means is listen to it and take the pieces that you can apply to yourself. That's what I would tell my eight-year-old self. I had a variety of jobs before I was 20. Um, And sometimes I was doing two and three jobs all at the same time. Um. And still doing my chores around the house because at our house, if you lived there, you worked. Excellent. You didn't get get an allowance. We did not get an allowance. We did not get paid. You are expected to be an active participant in the family. Awesome. That meant cleaning the house. That meant, you know, vacuuming, dusting. Saturday mornings, don't plan anything on a Saturday morning because you were having to dust the entire house. Every single book and every single bookcase. I'm a ravenous reader, so I have a lot of books, both in the digital world, super easy to dust, (laughs) but then I also have the physical books because for me, there's nothing like opening a book and feeling that book in your hand and smelling those pages, which sounds so weird to people, but that's how much I love books and I digress. But okay, so tell us some other some of the jobs that you had or the the places you had your own business as a kid. I know we talked about a paper route and ba- a paper route with the Des Moines Register in Des Moines, Iowa. I did not live in Des Moines. I lived in a small community, but it also meant that I was up at five o'clock in the morning um, delivering papers. And unlike people see, you don't take the paper, fold it and then toss it up to a house. Every single person had a special place they wanted their paper. So that meant spring, summer, winter, fall, rain, snow. You were out there trudging through it. 
And you couldn't be late because there were some people, if you didn't have their paper at their house by six o'clock, they were calling your house, getting a very angry mom, my mom, who was like, where have you been? Um, even if you were five minutes late. So I, I didn't, I had um, 200 clients. Wow. So by five o'clock, I knew exactly where I had to go and what time I had to be there to get to all of the houses. And one of the streets on mine had a 45 degree angle, the street. So you were going like that, going down the street. And in the wintertime on your bike, it was fun <laughs> going down. In the wintertime on your bike, trying to get back up while it's snowing like a banshee, not so much fun. Okay. Um, so I had the paper out. I also babysat. I also worked for farmers in fields in the spring, pulling rock, pulling weeds. Um, later in the year, I would detassel corn, which was always interesting because at the time I was allergic to corn. <laughs> Did you know it? I didn't know it at the time. We just couldn't <laughs> figure out why my hands were constantly swelling. Uh, even with the gloves on, the contact. I got a job in a bakery. Um, I worked in the back. And my favorite part of that job was filling the donuts and frosting them. And at that time, it wasn't an escalator. You know, they've, they've advanced through technology where they'd have an es escalator. That's what I would call it. And the donuts would run through and get iced. We didn't do that. We iced every single donut by hand. My mom and dad, we were at one point in our lives when I was probably 12 or 13, they were looking to buy a donut shop. And I had fun doing all of that. But my worst part of that job that I despised the most was taking trash out to the dumpster where swarms of bumblebees and bees were um, just waiting for all the sweet sugary stuff that we had to take out. But yeah, that was, I had a similar experience there. Um, I fortunately never had to take the trash out. Mm -hmm. The owner always took care of all of that for us, which I was very, very grateful for. Um, I also got certified as a nursing assistant when I was 16. So I worked in a variety of nursing homes right up until I was 20 years old. And I loved it. I loved it. Gerontology, working with um, people that were aging. It, it was interesting. My favorite part was to sit down and actually talk to people about their lives. And one of the jobs I had was, uh, I worked with social services as an assistant and I did people's, not only did I do their medical history, but I would also do their family history. Interesting. Um, it really was so that you got to know the new resident, things they liked, didn't like, what their hobbies were, but they got to tell you about their family and where they came from and were they married, not married. Did they have partners? Did they? I loved all of that. And to this day, I still love listening to other people's stories. You do. And you're absolutely amazing with that. And I think you have one of the things that's always impressed me about you is your ability to follow up. 
and the customer service that you share and that you give with your customers. So I wonder if some of that stems from that beginning skill that you developed then. I really believe it did. I think it started at a very young age too, because um, a lot of my relatives were from other countries. And so it was interesting to hear all their stories about what their life was like before they came to the U.S. Okay. Um, I was unique for me because I did speak another language until I was five. And then I was informed that you got to speak American, got to speak American, even though I was born here, but you, you know, you're around your relatives, you speak the way they speak. And, um, and I, I just think everybody has a story to tell. You just have to take the time and stop and listen. Ask the questions. Tell me more. Absolutely. Well, speaking of ask the questions and tell me more, you were telling me earlier before we jumped on today about a job where you made, what was it, over $800 in less than two weeks? in a job that was a specified two-week job, um, that's probably a couple thousand dollars in today's economy. Tell us about that job. I grew up in Iowa. And um, for those of you who don't know, it's a bit of a tornado alley. (laughs) So I grew up with a very healthy attitude toward tornadoes. The siren goes off, hit the deck. Just duck and cover is what we used to say at home. but the tornado came through, it ripped up some buildings and a company was looking for workers to come and help reclaim the wood, tear down the buildings. We were on a demolition crew. Um, my dad came home he asked my older brother, who's like, eh, he just grumbled about it. And I asked my father if I could go and apply. My dad signed off because I wasn't quite 16. This is 1976. 677, somewhere in there. And um, the owner was hesitant. Well, I showed up in a pair of one of my brother's hand-me-down work boots with the steel toes, pair of blue jeans on, t-shirt and flannel, you know, halfway into the day, the flannel was off, tied around the waist. But I showed up with my own hammer, gloves, and crowbar, or pry bar, as it's better known. And He's like, would you borrow those from your dad? And I said, actually, those are mine. (laughs) (laughs) So um, a friend of mine also showed up. She lasted three days and she was gone. It was just too strenuous because you're starting at six o'clock in the morning and you're going until dark at night because we had so many buildings we had to get through. So we were taking apart boards because a tornado comes through. If you've never seen that, I hope you never do. But if you have, you know what a mess is left. And we went in there and we cleaned it all up because um, they wanted to clear the land and rebuild immediately. So that's what we did. We pulled every single nail out of every single board, bolts, nuts, you name it. We pulled everything out, cleared it all away, loaded it on trucks and hauled away. We went to the next site. But um, we worked for two weeks straight. I made $800 after taxes. Free and clear, 800 bucks. And, you know, you think for a kid in the 1970s, that was really good money Mm -hmm. because the rest of the crew were all adult males and me. 
And it, and it worked out so well that the owner said, you know, if I get anything more in your area, can I call you? And I was like, yes, sir, please call me. Um, but word got around and I started getting hired by more farmers. And um, the only job I never did was I never bailed hay. And I don't feel sad about that. <laughs> How was it being the only female on the crew or in that work environment? Did that teach you anything about what you're doing today and help you in the things that you've learned today? What I did learn back then, um, you can do anything you put your mind to. And there's going to be those people who make comments that are just ridiculous, just stupid. And you got to have thick skin. Now we can actually say something. Back then, I couldn't say anything. Um, there were some men there. Luckily, I was on a crew that had men who had daughters. So when somebody would make an unkind comment, they would step in and say, knock it off. Good. Which I, I loved. But um, also, some of the guys on the crew knew my father. And I think that helped them curb their comments because then they would have had to answer my father, who was a very large man. He was 6'3 and probably pushing 260. Um, this huge bear of a man. So, yeah. Okay. I see. Go out there and do it. You don't know if you're going to get the job if you never ask. There you go. And I, and I, and I love that because you've just listed off five, six different types of jobs. If you really want to make money, you can go out and do that. And even from the standpoint of an eight-year-old and up, there's always money to be made. Anything you want to share with us, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more in the near future, because you talked about that job and having thick skin. Well, I want to segue that in... Our next time that we talk, I want to learn more about what you do in the skincare industry. But oh. for now, um, thank you so much. Uh, all of your contact information and your website, your Facebook account, your Instagram, we're going to have all that in the show notes. But, you know, where do you think your life would be if you were able to go back and tell all your eight-year-old self all that you know today? I think if I had listened to the me now back then, if I could have done that time machine portal transfer, um, I'd like to say I'd be where I am right now, just more financially better off. There you go. Financially secure and not have to worry about retirement. Um, but I also believe in the butterfly concept. Yep. The butterfly. Which if you don't know, Google it. There you but, go. The butterfly um, you got to be careful what you do. If you go back in time and you change history, you don't know what history will also be changed. Yep. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for being here and joining us today on the Kid Factor. Kid Factor family, remember your ABCs. Be strong in all that you do in academics, athletics, business, cash flow, and most importantly in life. And when you do that, you will become unstoppable and create a life that others only dream of. 
Until next time, this is Barb V. And you are a part of the Kid Factor. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show. Submit a rating and review and share us with your friends and family. Be sure to go to our website, thekidfactor.fun, to receive your free PDF tips for raising financially independent kids. 